No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 133, where David celebrates the blessedness of unity among God's people. Psalm 134 is an exhortation to bless the Lord from the sanctuary. These psalms conclude the songs of ascents. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the psalms on Simply the Bible. We come today to the last two songs of ascents, or pilgrims' songs, of which there are 15. Psalm 133, a song of ascents of David. One can only imagine the joy of anticipation as pilgrims coming to Jerusalem anticipated worshiping Yahweh with their fellow brethren. This is a glorious song of ascents that they would sing, written by David. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Something that is good is morally good. It is righteous and holy. Something that is pleasant is pleasing to us. Now, some good things are not pleasant. For a Jew to circumcise his son was good. It marked his son as one of God's covenant people. But it was not pleasant either for the father or for the son. Other things are pleasant but not good. Sin is pleasant for a season, but it is not good. But here is something that is both good and pleasant. It is good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. What great joy we derive from it. How fulfilling it is to the soul. In a world of contention and division where people choose sides and oppose those with the opposing view, where people insult and disregard their fellow human beings who are made in the image of God, how refreshing it is to experience the unity of the brotherhood. This unity comes because we are part of the same family. We share the same father. The Jews were God's covenant people. They shared the promises and the law. From their nation would come the Messiah who would bless the world. These things bound them together in an indissoluble unity. Yet, people being the sinners that they are, each possessing the weakness of the flesh, could always find topics on which to divide. Contentions sprout up like oh so many weeds in the garden. This unity, although organic because of the relationship with the Lord, is nevertheless rare. But where it is found, it is a pearl of great price and we should be willing to sell all we have to possess it. This is the unity we share to an even greater degree in Christ. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now this is the unity that Christ prayed for in John 17. Verse 21 I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. 
I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So often the disciples of Christ were arguing with each other. They were constantly striving to be greater than their fellows. No doubt Jesus breathed a sigh of sorrow each time he heard their contentions. He knew the unity he enjoyed with the Father and the Holy Spirit and how he longed that his disciples would experience this. Soon, they would have help. The Holy Spirit, who was with them, and after Christ's death and resurrection, would be in them. Then they could enjoy unity in the Spirit. Christ would be in them, and they would be one in the Father and the Son. And then the world would know that God the Father sent His only Son into the world to save the world. Isn't that interesting? Unity in the church would be the means that God would use to open the eyes of the world to see God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. But it would also be the means by which the world would know that the Father loves us, His children, even as He loves His own Son. When people enter our churches and see the love of the brethren, they would recognize this as God's divine love being poured out upon his people. And do you know what that does? It draws people to Christ and it draws them to our churches. It draws them into fellowship. Think about the extreme divisions in our world today, political, racial, ideological, and moral divisions abound. In our Pledge of Allegiance, we say one nation under God indivisible. But is that true? It is not what we see in the news today. And this is why unity in the church is so essential. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Notice we don't create this unity. God created it by tearing down the wall of division caused by sin and reconciling us to himself and to one another through the blood of Jesus Christ. But we must make every effort to keep or preserve this unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We let the peace of God rule in our hearts because as members of one body, we have been called to peace. Well, that's the first verse. (laughs) Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Now David reaches back to the ordination of Aaron the high priest to find a simile. Unity among the brethren is like the precious and fragrant oil poured out upon Aaron's head. There were strict instructions given about this oil. It was to be created by a skilled perfumer, and the formula was not to be used by anyone else. It was a holy anointing oil and beautifully fragrant. How precious, in David's mind, must unity have been 
to compare it to this. And this oil was poured out liberally from Aaron's head running down his beard and dripping onto his high priestly garments. Wherever he would go, the sweet fragrance would precede him and linger long after he left. So it is with unity among the brethren. The sweet fragrance precedes and follows us. It remains in the air and in our hearts even after we have left the church service to return home. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Mount Hermon was in the north and the highest point of elevation in Israel. Mount Zion was the location of the sanctuary. The dew of Hermon was thick and life-giving, and David's reference to the dew of Zion was probably spiritual. God's life-giving presence descending upon his people as the Spirit would later descend upon Christ as a dove. God would command blessing both on Mount Zion and upon the congregation of worshipers who dwell in unity. The latter is more important to us today Whenever or wherever brothers and sisters come together in the name of Christ, he is there in their midst and he commands the blessing. I see this at work every Sunday as we meet. I've seen it to an even greater degree when believers from different congregations meet together in Christ. It is the glorious answer to Christ's prayer and it is eternal life forevermore. May God help us all to experience more of this blessed unity. Psalm 134. This is the last song of ascents. The pilgrims have enjoyed the feast of Passover, Pentecost, or Tabernacles. They have presented their offerings to Yahweh, their covenant God. They have rejoiced with their fellow Jews in blessed fellowship. Now it's time for them to return home. They would arise early in the morning for the long trip. And they would sing this song. As they left Jerusalem, they passed by the temple where the servants who guarded the temple at night would be nearing the end of their shift. Psalm 134. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. That's it. It's a short psalm, but it packs a powerful punch. What a privilege we have in blessing the Lord. Who are we that we should even be able to bless God? And yet we do bless him when we appreciate him. We may think gratitude, but when we use our voices that he has given us to express it to him, it is a sweet savor rising as incense before the throne of grace. We were created for this. Because we were created for his pleasure. We were made in his image, meaning that we have the right to choose. And when we exercise that right by choosing to offer praise and worship to him, then we are fulfilling our reason for being and how worthy he is to receive it. As the pilgrims left Jerusalem, they observed all the servants of the Lord in the sanctuary, the temple guards, the musicians, the priests. They all served God in the places assigned to them. And it was their joy and privilege to bless God with their service and their praises. The night watchmen stood before the Lord through the dark hours. 
Now, once a month on the seventh of each month, our church joins with other churches to cover all the days of the month for 24 hours per day. We pray over the 10 spheres of influence in our valley. And in those quiet hours of the night, it is a good time for uninterrupted fellowship with God. It says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Hands are lifted up to be dedicated to serving the Lord, but they are also lifted up as a sign of surrender. Think of a little child with outstretched arms running to meet his or her daddy when he comes home from work. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, as the pilgrims left the city, the watchman would call out after them, the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. The you here is singular. So the blessing was intended for each individual worshiper. They would leave Jerusalem, but never the Lord's presence, for he is the creator of heaven and earth and everything in the earth. Though they left the holy sanctuary, they could not leave God. And how much more is this true? As we live in the age where people no longer worship at a temple made with hands, but worship God everywhere in spirit and in truth, brought near to him through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Today, let us make a point to bless the Lord for all he is and for all he has done. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll look at Psalm 135, which calls the people to praise the Lord for He is great in creation and has defeated Israel's enemies, unlike the idols of the nations that are dead and do nothing. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible